conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Tim Matthews. We're talking all about Toy Story from 1995. This movie is almost as old as I am. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) I got a few years on it. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is with Toy Story, it doesn't look like a movie from 1995 when you watch it. And I know we both sort of read the same little fact about this, that it was the first feature length film that was totally computer-generated animation. And you know what? It still looks pretty good. Like when I watched a lyric video for Chris Stapleton's song in Toy Story 4, Woody looks the same to me, you know? (laughs) I can't tell too much of a difference. And I think that just goes to show how well, you know, this movie did at the time and what it really meant for animated movies in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Watching it last night, it was like the toys look very good. The people and the backgrounds, you, you start to you can see that, you know, some some shading or shadows it, like that depth isn't isn't quite there mm-hmm. um, that. Um, but even by when I, I went and I watched a, just a couple of clips of Toy Story 2 because I was just curious um, and there's a jump in, in quality directly to Toy Story 2. So it was like they had something special in this one. They were definitely still figuring certain things out with the technology, but they knew they had something special. And I remember it being a big deal. Like I saw this and I saw this in theaters and okay. I was like five or six. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, maybe older. I don't know. doesn't matter. <laughs> Numbers. Who needs yeah. them? <laughs> I was born in 87. This was 95. People can do the math. So you were seven or eight, depending on yeah what time this came out and when your birthday is and all that fun stuff (laughs) right right yeah and but i remember i remember my neighbors had seen it and they it was like it was the talk of the street they were like oh my gosh like this this movie came out and the the animation's so cool we've never seen anything like it um and so uh my it it must have been opening weekend because my dad and my brother and i uh, he took us. He took us to see the movie. I th- I think pretty soon after that conversation, we were like, "All right, yeah, let's go." We had to sit in the last three seats in the theater, which were the front row, all the way to the left. Oh. And I, I will never forget that. That it was just like that cramped, like looking. Uh, it was way back before they. I mean, it's still not great in the front row now. But no. they have put a bit more space in between. There was no space back then. Like there yeah. was, it was you were directly underneath this screen. Um, but it's still like I mean, even seeing it like that was blown away. This was the one of the coolest movies I, I'd seen. Uh, I'd seen in theaters. Like it, I, I, I was blown away. I loved it. Uh, it was so much fun rewatching it last night. Yeah, I forgot how much I didn't really understand when I first saw this movie because you have those moments in a lot of the animated movies that are sort of for the parents. Yeah. And, you know, I think we could go ahead and dive into the actual story here because basically you have this kid, Andy, 
And when he's not in his room playing with his toys, they sort of have a life of their own and they hold like little town hall meetings that they do all sorts of things when he's not there. And then they go back to where they were when he left the room, when he's on his way back in. And you basically have these toys that know their place. You know, Woody is the favorite and everyone kind of knows that and accepts that. Yeah. But then his birthday comes around and he gets a Buzz Lightyear toy. <laughs> and, you know, automatically this Buzz Lightyear toy is sort of top of the food chain there. And he really does think he's a spaceman. I mean, he's a space ranger. He's super cool. <laughs> right. And he is completely oblivious to the fact that he has a toy. Which is so great. Funny. It's so yeah. great and so funny and so weird at the same time. Yeah, t Tim Allen sells it so well. I saw in the trivia that, like, I guess Billy Crystal was originally offered the role, and it was something like he he turned it down, and he looks back at it like you know a terrible mistake, and uh, apparently, and I don't know, you know, how true the story is, but. Uh, but apparently, like he said, yes, immediately to Monsters, Inc. because he remembered the, <laughs> turning this down. But I can't picture him being Buzz. Like, uh, yeah, that would Tim be Allen weird. has such a he has that booming confidence in his voice that is, it's 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 not cocky. It's commanding. And so it's like him just being like when when Woody's like you're a toy and he's like Space Ranger, <laughs> you're just it it cracks me up like I'm. I'm dying with every every line that Buzz says. And Tom Hanks voicing Woody is just sort of the perfect contrast yeah. to Buzz. So, you know, you have these other toys and voices that are familiar. You have Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head, Jim Varney as the Slinky Dog, Wallace Shawn as Rex, John Ratzenberger as Ham, Annie Potts as Bo Peep. So... All of those toys there just have these sort of iconic voices at this point that go along with them. And it's funny because if I'm not mistaken, the kid who voiced Andy voiced him again in the subsequent movies, but hasn't really done anything else. Really? That's interesting. You know, he hasn't been like super active because, you know, I'm on the IMDb page for Toy Story right now and it still shows him as a kid. Even though, you know, this oh, movie yeah. was over 20 years ago. <laughs> so that's sort of one of those things where, you know, if the picture is still the person as a kid, that was probably the last time they did something significant on IMDb yeah. <laughs> that they're credited for. <laughs> yeah, he was apparently additional voices in Nightmare Before Christmas. He doesn't even have a, like a character, just yeah. his voice. <laughs> and then everything else is Toy Story. Or there's a Lego Island video game where he voices someone named Pepper. Yeah, and that's just so weird because Andy is a crucial part to the story, obviously. These yeah. are all of his toys, and, you know, he thinks he loses. He enjoy it even more. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he loses Woody and Buzz, but it's because they're fighting and not going back to where they were that he thinks he is the reason they're gone kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, you have that moment where Woody tries to get rid of Buzz and he falls out the window into the bushes and then the other toys turn on him, even though he then goes and tries to get Buzz back. Yeah, and but he's a real jerk for a while in this movie. 
Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there yeah. watching and I'm like, oh man. I was like, I don't remember this being so mean. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely didn't remember things like Mr. Potato Head taking his lips off and like pointing them at his butt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like those were the kind of things I was talking about when I said, you know, there's a lot you don't catch on to as a kid. And then you go back and watch these and you're like, wow, they've really got away with saying these things <laughs> in animated movies for kids. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know how many times they called someone stupid or an idiot in this, but it seemed to happen more often than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those kids movies that is just, it's like, yes, it's a kids movie, but it's also not, I mean, you know, it's not swearing, you know, all over the place or anything, but it's not pulling punches to make it super, super kiddie. Right. So it's, it, you know, it's treating the audience as being, you know, intelligent and, uh, and that, you know, the, the kids are going to be mature enough to understand different levels of the story. And then everything else for the younger kids is, you know, silly, fun animation, you know, a lot of movement and entertaining. So it, it covers all the generations, uh, in a, in a really great way. Yeah. Another character who ends up being important to the story is Sid, because he is sort of the crazy kid either next door or across the street, and he tortures toys. So the toys all watch from Andy's bedroom window because they can see into the yard that Sid is in, and he's just like blowing up toys, and the dog is going at the toys. But with Sid, the entire time I was rewatching this, I was like, what parent lets their kid have like five locks on their bedroom door? <laughs> and it was just like, wow, this is very, very extreme. Yeah. Even for Disney, or especially for Disney. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you see one of his parents, it's 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 quite clear that it's hinting at this, this parent is not the most attentive parent. Uh, they, right. They're, they're like passed out on the couch with the TV on and... I think I could have this wrong, but I, I think there's a, a beer there. If not, you know, it is just like um, you never see Sid interact with interact with the parents except for um, just like yelling at them. <laughs> yeah. When it, when he's told that his pop tarts are ready, <laughs> like and that's when and that's when he runs off. Yeah. And it's like a stark difference between him and his sister. Yeah. And like he, he steals the sister's doll and like. And I'm sure that's not the first the first doll. I'm sure there's plenty of them that it's just like what he's doing to them is like his parents never went in his room and are like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. What? Sid's a, a special child. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a weird thing watching that now. I was like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really see this being that realistic. <laughs> and obviously it, it's an animated movie. So, you know, it's not going to be the most realistic I, I yeah, I mean he I I think it, doesn't he get a, a rocket in the mail? Like, yeah, like I don't no. know I don't I don't U know USPS if I'm completely does not do that. yeah <laughs> I don't know if I'm completely up to their rules, but I'm pretty sure you can't just order a rocket. But maybe in 1995 you could. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. And it's yeah. like where was he getting all those explosives? He looks like he's maybe in middle school, possibly yeah. like high school, but. It's kind of hard to tell, but he is the problem child, oh, <laughs> for absolutely. sure. Absolutely, And I remember all those toys, like, when I was a kid. I remember the, the, the first scene when they first, like, crawl out and everything, and before you find out that they're all good. Like, I remember that freaking me out as a kid. 
Yeah. There, there were two things like that freaked me out. And then this movie had that, uh, that effect on you that when you watch it and it's like, all right, the rules are that like the toys come alive, but then when you come back in the room, like they're back where they were or they're, you know, they're obviously not talking and stuff in front of you. And it's one of those movies that it's like, after you watch it, it has that effect on your brain where you kind of just like, as a kid, you sit and you look at your toys and you're just kind of like, what if? It's like when I saw a Truman show and I'm just like, well, no, that could never happen. But like, what if it is? Now that's really freaking me out. Like, it's just, it's that weird, it's that weird thing in, in your brain that's just like, what if my toys like come alive and now I don't want, it's like, I want to be careful about not messing with them so that they don't come alive and attack me like they attack Sid. I didn't blow up any of my toys though. Right. And those aren't the toys that they were going to market for everyone to buy, for sure. No. <laughs> either. You know, they were not appealing toys. And some of them didn't even look like the parts were from other toys. They just looked flat out dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one, I, I'm sure there was like the the legs and the It was like a small fishing like- pole. Yeah. And then... The one with the baby head on it, and it was like baby crawling head. around like a spider, yeah. but it was mechanical. And I was like, I don't even know what some of these things came from. <laughs> I know. It looks like the giant spider thing in Wild Wild West, but with a baby head on it. Yeah. I mean, you have to admit they get a lot of points for creativity with those toy mashups to make them Absolutely. look, you know, terrifying to kids. Yeah. and. Then you just have these iconic characters in Woody and Buzz that are such a big difference. And even Mr. Potato Head, those were so popular. You know, this movie made oh, God, so yeah. much money off of their merchandising. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a, uh, I mean, I had, I had numerous, numerous uh, Toy Story like happy meals and uh, I think like I, I want to say like all the fast food restaurants I think had like their own thing. I had like, I had little figurines from one. Uh, I had kind of more close to this the size that they probably are in the uh, in the movie. I mean, they were like cheaper versions, but like I don't know, it was like the Woody one. Like you could put like your two fingers like in his back pockets, and like you could move his legs to make <laughs> make him walk. It was, they, that was back when uh, they uh, they were pretty clever with the uh, with the Happy Meals. <laughs> yeah, there were just so many. So many toys once this movie came out. And obviously that's huge for Disney and Pixar in general because, you know, they're going to make that money all over again now with Toy Story 4. They're going to be selling a ton of the toys again. And obviously there are different items now. You know, Funkos didn't exist back in the 90s as far as I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know the company started a while back but you know they've really really become popular like right now (laughs) and so adults and children will both be getting some toy story funkos and i've seen a bunch out there already even before the movie's out so you know they're making money on this movie before the movie's even out and with this one i don't recall if it was the same way because i was almost three when it came out so i definitely didn't watch it like right away (laughs) like you did and my parents weren't ones who would frequently go to the movies or anything like that so i definitely remember having this on like vhs i believe oh definitely and that's probably when i first watched it 
Wow, VHS. That's so long ago. This movie. I know. <laughs> Such I think nostalgia. I, still have the, I think I still have the VHS. We might have mine somewhere too, but yeah. it's just one of those things where there are so many characters that you instantly recognize when you go back and return to this. And I was like, oh yeah, Slinky Dog. You know, you got Rex, you got Ham, which they probably sold a lot of piggy banks of him. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it was like watching it, it, it blew me away. I haven't watched this in so long like i Same. probably i i probably haven't watched it since at least before toy story 3 came out because i probably watched 1 and 2 before before i saw 3 and that's probably the last time i watched it um and and sitting and watching it last night it i couldn't believe that i i was still like predicting the lines like in my head i knew exactly what was coming next and like a character would show up on screen. It was just like, oh my gosh, like that character and it, the, the little army men. And yes, then, like, <laughs> the recon mission. Oh my gosh. It, I I absolutely loved it. And uh, the the scene where Buzz, uh, you know, after he, you know, tries to go out the window and, you know, breaks his arm off and everything. Still one of my favorite uh, all time scenes in like in probably any Pixar movie. I would watch an entire movie of Buzz Lightyear as Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> that scene gets me so good every time where he's just like, don't you get it? You see the hat? And I lose it every time. As my sister was growing up, like I, I would recite that line all the time because it got an easy laugh because it was just 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 redoing it and doing the voice and everything. She just cracked up every time as a kid. So it was just like easy laugh, you know, but every scene watching it last night was like that for me. Like, it was just like, I couldn't believe how much I remembered. And, and I just, I, I was smiling. I was laughing and completely blown away, blown away by how fast this movie, this movie moves. Like it, it's only an hour and 20 minutes, but I paused it right. at one point. I couldn't believe that uh, that it was almost over. And it felt like so much had happened in the movie, but it was only like 45 minutes. And I, I, I couldn't believe that. It was extremely well-paced. You know, there yeah. was no filler really. And I think, you know, while it's easier to do animation now than it was back then, some movies still end up having a bit of filler in them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they have a bit of a faster turnaround time. Although I think Coco still took like six years or something crazy. And oh, Coco's so good. It is very good. Pixar <laughs> is a good company. I like Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just we'll keep for, them this, for this one to be the first of its kind and to really kick off something that has kept going is just amazing and the fact that, again that it still looks so good in 2019 yeah. even if some parts of the story are a little weird in 2019 because i did not remember anything about the little woody and bo peep like crush romancy thing going on and i was oh, she's like super into him <laughs> oh that's weird that's a weird use of toys <laughs> yeah but other than that i loved every minute of this oh yeah like it even just even just tiny things of just like the the creativity on how they used different toys or like the army men using the baby monitor um 
which one of the trivia things that I came across was apparently they're using the wrong baby monitor. Apparently the the one that the army men have is the one that you can only listen through and uh and not speak through. So apparently Oops. they have them flipped. <laughs> but is like the way they use that Woody using the 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 microphone off of the I guess cassette player. Yeah, like the the little Mr microphone or whatever yeah. it was and he's, and th- that that whole meeting when they're just they're they're doing like <laughs> it's it's like a union meeting you know and then when he's walking around and just saying hi to everybody you get all the knowledge of the relationships that you need mm-hmm. in in those early scenes and it's it never feels like you're getting exposition or anything like that it's just being naturally introduced into this world where it's like when rex comes out and and you learn that all he wants to do is is be found scary you know and <laughs> yeah. it's and, and, like just all uh, tiny amazing things rex is so funny one of the yeah. things i really enjoyed about this too is obviously toys do not move on their own but the way they made them move was within the limitations of the toys yes so like the toy soldiers didn't just start walking like normal they had to like oh, hobble God, yeah. on their stands yeah. and get down there yeah and when, when the one gets stepped on like yeah <laughs> i've stepped on them before like it looks just like that you know yeah. it's like he's he's you know smushed kind of to the side but one foot's probably always like still stuck to that thing and he's just like go on without me and he's like a good soldier never leaves a man behind yeah and then when they bring him into the bush the medic soldier is in the background, like helping him out. Like yeah. it's just the the de- the the tiny details of 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 just how how the toys work, and yeah, like you said, the way that they they d- they chose to make sure that the movements that if the toy couldn't move that way, then it doesn't move that way. They that's that's genius. And they do still do some unrealistic things like, you know, Buzz can't yeah. fly, but they make it look like he can in the first, you know, scene where they have him trying to fly. There's yeah. just so many things going on. It's like, okay, like that would never happen <laughs> with a toy, but because they allow them to move, yeah. you know, you can have these circumstances that normally would not come about. Yeah, it's a suspension of disbelief. You accept the rules of the of the movie, and then you just follow follow with that. You know, it's the one that always gets me of like a like a realism thing is when um when Buzz has the rocket strapped on him and it's duct taped to him, mm-hmm. but he hits his wings so that the wings open up and cut through the duct tape. <laughs> yeah. And I am sorry, but no toy mechanic is strong enough to <laughs> to do that. No. But it's like but you don't care because it's such a great moment. You know, it's the the rocket explodes and they're they're getting they're getting back to the truck. I mean, that whole scene, like as we were talking about just how fast-paced it is. Like from from the moment of when they uh when they take on Sid to getting back in the car. That's like 10 15 minutes yeah that is so much movie within that time period but it doesn't feel rushed it's so action-packed too and that's a weird thing to say about toy story that it's action-packed but it really is from that moment on because you have all the toys teaming up to take on sid and freak him out to the point where he's going to be nice to all of the toys (laughs) and he can't even handle looking at his sister's toy for like 10 seconds and you have them chasing down the moving van when they don't make it back in time to get in the van. And you <laughs> just have all of the toys again against Woody 
until they realize yeah. Buzz is with him. And he yeah. wasn't actually lying when he was waving Buzz's arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now he's trying to kill RC. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so, so much happening. And, you know, the car's batteries die. And I don't really know. Did the car get back with them? Was Woody holding onto the car for dear life? Yeah. He might have been. So he's holding, he's holding onto the car. And then as they're passing the truck, he, uh, with the rocket, he lets go. And RC flies into it and everyone yes, moves out go. of the way except for Mr. Potato. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets okay. railed. <laughs> yeah. So then you just have Buzz holding on to Woody and then he does the thing with the wings and then the rocket's yeah. not attached anymore. And that's when Buzz makes the comment about falling with style, <sighs> which is what gets Woody said time. at the beginning. And it was just yeah. so nice to bring that full circle there. Yeah. Their friendship, the how that how that develops from Woody being jealous and uh, Buzz not knowing he's a toy to when, you know, Buzz is realizes he's a toy and feels so down about himself. And Woody, you know, gives him this pep talk about like being a toy is awesome. Like Andy loves you, you know, look at that name on your, uh, on your foot, you know, it's, and you're a cool toy. And he, it's, he, even though he he's obviously you know jealous of the fact that he's Andy's new favorite, he's telling him like there's there's nothing better than being Andy's toy. And then to see that friendship you know just blossom, so you know just the flow of that throughout the entire movie and the payoff you get with the falling in style, all, all the way to the the end where they're uh, sitting and it's Christmas time and he's like. You know, what could Andy possibly get that's worse than you? And it's a dog. And that just that face that they make at each other is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And it it sets up, you know, that friendship to to continue um, into the into the next movies. Um, just the all all the characters uh, from the from the main from the main ones to the to the small characters, they're all just written so well and have very distinct personalities that just work great absolutely they tell a story while just giving you a toy story <laughs> nailed it <laughs> yes and you know you're just sitting there having so much fun but there really is a good message and a good story underneath all of the you know animation and the toys and the characters and you really get a sense of that by the end of the movie and one thing I do want to talk about is the You've Got a Friend in Me song, because Randy Newman, that song <laughs> just blew up so, so much with Toy Story, yep. I think. And it's one of those things where I cannot tell you if a single other song played in Toy Story, but you can bet when that song came on, I knew every word of it still. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that it was it's 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 funny watching the movie now because i feel like the like randy newman as a songwriter has been made fun of in pop culture like about just like how literal like his lyrics are and everything so it's now it's like when i'm listening to the lyrics i'm hearing like a family guy joke or something like that but it but when that song comes on it is this instant you know nostalgia blast and you're just like Yes, yes, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. <laughs> and the same thing has happened with 
other songs over the years, you know, oh, yeah. the Friends theme song and just other songs that have been attached to TV shows and movies in that kind of way. And, you know, I do want to go back to the story a little bit because we have not touched on Pizza Planet. And that is another place ever (laughs) iconic (laughs) thing from this movie. You know, I was at an art show, I want to say last year, and someone brought a Pizza Planet truck to the art show. And I was like, yes, this is fantastic. (laughs) I'll have to see if I can like dig up the photo somewhere. I might have posted it on Instagram or something so everyone can see it. And it's just one of those things where it's like you see so many things in this movie that have just become such big pop culture icons, basically. And it's like, these aren't even real people. They're just toys and a truck, (laughs) you know, like a filthy truck at that. But it just stands out so much. And people have sort of hung on to that. And Pizza Planet does look really cool. Like, I I, I wanted to go there. there. (laughs) I think I want to say at one of the Disney's there's some pizza place that's modeled after it but I could I could be wrong I I haven't been to Disney in a long time but I know they have a bunch of Toy Story stuff now because I think like the Toy Story stuff has replaced the honey I shrunk the kids thing when I was there when I was a kid it was the honey I shrunk the kids stuff was all made super big so that you you know felt like you were shrunk Mm -hmm. and I think it's my understanding that there's the Toy Story stuff in that same way that like it's built up so that you feel like you're the toys there is an alien pizza planet awesome over here by Disney. It's either in Disney or like in downtown or, Disney area. Okay. I'm not totally sure because there's so much over there now. And, you know, they just had they probably had to take some stuff out to put in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, yeah, I would imagine. Probably. Yeah. Because there is I don't know where they they are building. Like, I don't know how Disney fits where it is. <laughs> I'm just like, really? Disneyland's right here? And, you know, I live about 10 minutes away and I also have not gone to Disneyland in forever mostly because it's like stupidly expensive <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's like over a hundred dollars to go for a day Jeez. yeah <laughs> and, I got a season pass to six flags for 60 bucks right yeah <laughs> see I would go to Knott's Berry Farm a lot because that's also like 15 20 minutes away from me yeah so it's close and it's not as crowded as Disneyland because not as many people know about it. It's not like as big of a tourist attraction, I would say. Knott's Berry Farm is one of those theme parks that I think a lot of local people know about, but it's not like it's going to be at the top of everyone's list when they come to Southern California, So if they even know about it. So (laughs) yeah, and I just think because of how big Disney is, I also just haven't been wanting to wait hours and hours in line. (laughs) So, you know, there is a downside to Disneyland, but I'm sure the city and Disney make lots and lots and lots and lots of money from it, like they did with this movie. I do quickly want to talk about the box office for this movie. And the budget. Yes, (laughs) because the movie made over 370 million dollars total like here and overseas so which was a lot for back then (laughs) yeah yeah that's 
a lot. That would be a lot now, even though movies are doing way more than that, obviously, <laughs> with like yeah. Avengers. Now, now there would be a thousand articles about how it was a box office failure at $300 million. And it's like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, the first movie, the budget was $30 million, which insane. is a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, they made so much money that it was clearly a worthwhile investment. Oh, yeah. They probably made $30 million just on toys. Let's be honest yeah. here, <laughs> at least. There's a reason there's three sequels. <laughs> yeah. And I have not seen Toy Story 3. I think because that one came so much later, mm -hmm. I just didn't go out to see it for whatever reason. But I know I've seen Toy Story 2 because I am very familiar with Jesse and Mrs. Potato Head. So I was like, I had to have seen that one at least to be familiar yeah. with those two toys because, you know, we learn at the end of this movie that there's going to be a Mrs. Potato Head and Mr. Potato <laughs> Head shave. gets very <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Potato Head gets very excited about that. But yeah. going back to the box office, it's like they just made so much money on this and even if $30 million at the time was a ton of money for an animated movie. You have to remember they were doing something that hadn't been done. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the timeline was for this movie in particular, but I imagine that is why it was shorter than I think you and I thought it was. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, if you go and look at Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, and I imagine Toy Story 4, which is coming out here very soon, they're all longer. And I think that's just because of how quickly technology advanced, especially after this movie, because people were like, okay, this is possible. So, yeah. you know, we are going to find a way to maybe lower that budget or, you know, up the budget and spend it on creating new ways to do this stuff. Because, you, you know, there are different types of animation and there are different ways to do animation so you yeah. have all of and these factors going into it and i for one am glad they spent 30 million dollars on this movie absolutely it's it's so cool to see how how that animation and how that technology has developed and i mean even even uh i watched uh i watched the incredibles 2 uh, maybe like a month ago. Okay. I watched it with my niece and nephew. And so beforehand, they, they had gotten the movie. So it was like, oh, let's watch Incredibles 2. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I'm like, this, like, this animation looks so good. And then uh, another night, we were watching the first one. And mm -hmm. it blew me away to see the differences in the anime. I mean, Incredibles 1 still looks great. Yeah. But it, there were still like the, the advancement. Uh, in between those two because I mean there was a huge chunk of time in between them like that still blew me away I was just like this this is in this is incredible like, the, the animation is so cool I mean I definitely sometimes you know it's I get excited when you know like if like like the new DuckTales show I get excited that it's the more like 2D animation like I do get excited seeing a more old school approach you know from time to time because mm -hmm. we have had the the computer animation for so long but it's still so great you know and it and then uh, i'm i'm excited to see i feel like spider-verse took like that technology and took it to a whole new level yes so it's, that's what i was going to bring up if yeah. you didn't bring it up because that <laughs> is a movie that just completely blew my mind with the animation that they were 
yeah. able to put together in that because they have different kinds of textures going into it. And you have, you know, Spider-Man Noir, which is only in black and white. You have Penny Parker that has more anime style. And it's just so good. So good. I, I really like animated movies. I, I think Sp- everything Spider-Ham was hand-drawn and then like inserted in. Um, I think I read that. Yeah, they just went all out with that. And yeah. because the technology has advanced, even though it was a first, yeah. they were able to accomplish that. You know, that's not something you could have done in 1995. No. And so I think this movie was the catalyst for a lot of the great animation that we've seen. And it was really weird seeing Steve Jobs' name as an executive producer on this because I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) it was just something I wasn't expecting. But then, you know, I've read books on Steve Jobs, so I know about his involvement with Pixar. It just wasn't something I had noticed before really getting into Apple products. Yeah. So to me, it was like, oh, you know, I see that name when I'm a kid. Who's Steve Jobs? I have no idea. I was five, (laughs) you know, whatever. So seeing that, I was like, Oh, yeah. And, you know, that was just a cool little thing to notice. And yeah, you know, when I saw his into- name, I was like, oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim, do you have any final thoughts on the movie? I know we aren't going too long on this because we are going to talk about the other ones. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty that we've missed in people. They're yelling at their phones right now. Have (laughs) yelled at their phones and their radios in their car. I hear hear you, Johnny. I'm sure you're you're yelling in your car. But yeah, I mean, this this movie, it's just, it's really something special from the charming and heartwarming moments to the ultra silly moments to the like complete horror tone when they're taking on Sid, you know, it's that just hearing it's being so clever that it's like, you just hear Woody's voice and his mouth isn't moving. And then when he like says Sid Phillips and he like starts freaking out, but his mouth still isn't moving. And then they just make that one last choice right at the end where he finally does move. And he's just like, so play nice. And it's just tiny, just all all little decisions like that were just are just so clever. Uh, it's I mean I I can't say anything but good things about this movie. It was it was a lot of fun to to rewatch this and then and then come on here and talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad I finally got around to rewatching this because sometimes when you watch a movie as a kid, you don't really think to go back and revisit it later down the line, you know, I used to watch the Scooby-Doo TV show all the time. And I haven't really felt a need to revisit that because I watched it all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't recall how often I watched Toy Story. But one moment I did want to quickly mention that we didn't discuss was when Buzz was able to get Rex to do a scary roar. (laughs) And you could just tell how happy Rex was about it. Yeah, And that was just such a nice little moment that I wanted to bring up here. But I agree. This is just such a blast, such a nostalgia trip. <laughs> and, you know, I am definitely looking forward to rewatching Toy Story 2 and watching Toy Story 3 for the first time. I heard it's sad, but I haven't seen it. So it's really great, but have tissues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's kind of the gist I was getting yeah. from people. And I was like, really? Still Toy laugh, Story? <laughs> yeah, you'll still laugh. You'll still laugh. Always a plus. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. To our listeners, you can follow us at GeekdomPod on Twitter. Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram. 
And as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.